a lot of the leagues have embraced sports betting now, and there's apps for it now. And you can use a sports app not just to bet on a game, but you can bet on like what's going to happen in the next play or you know, strikes and balls in baseball. And you're going to need real-time, super-fast latency for that. Sports betting, augmented reality, and real-time health monitors on players. Wi-Fi is behind all of it, and we're going to hear about that today from Extreme Networks. Welcome back to The Signal. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and I'm delighted to be joined by David Coleman with the Office of the CTO at Extreme Networks. David is the 2020 recipient of the Wi-Fi Lifetime Achievement Award, and he's the author of several books about Wi-Fi technology, including the leading CWNA study guide for Wi-Fi, and a book called Wi-Fi 6E, Four Dummies, which he brought me as a gift, first podcast guest to bring a gift, extra points for that. Welcome to The Signal, David. Uh, Thanks for having me, Martha. I look forward to our conversation. Well, Extreme Networks is known for stadium Wi-Fi, probably the most challenging deployment scenario from a density perspective. Do you want to start off by highlighting some of your stadium customers? Yeah, sure. It's actually been a decade of milestones, and it began uh, 10 years ago with our first stadium deployment at uh, Gillette Stadium in New England for the New England Patriots NFL football team. Shortly thereafter, we signed basically partnerships with the NFL in general for deploying Wi-Fi in a lot of their stadiums. To date, I think we've deployed up to 12 stadiums. And then we also do the Wi-Fi data analytics uh, for the NFL for all 26 teams, as well as the past nine Super Bowls as well. From there, it blossomed into other sports leagues. We have a partnership now with Major League Baseball in the United States for over the next five years for putting in Wi-Fi to a bunch of their stadiums, as well as the data analytics. In early 2022, we announced a partnership with the National Hockey League. Also last year with NASCAR, an announcement that came out a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be the technology innovation partner for all the minor league baseball sports teams. Congratulations. And then, thank you. And then two other points real quick is we also work uh, with Collegiate as well. um, And we're in a lot of stadiums there, uh, including Baylor, uh, University of South Carolina, where my daughter went to school, uh, University of Florida, BYU, Stanford University. And finally, we're starting to shift and building a footprint internationally as well. So Olympic Stadium in Berlin, and we've also signed partnerships with the other football teams in the UK, Manchester United, and also Liverpool football clubs. So we're growing internationally as well. All right. Sounds like you may be going to the Olympics. Uh, I hope so. That'd be fun. (laughs) All right. Well, Clearly, that's a lot of data, and we're going to get into the data that you're collecting and all that. But first, let's talk about the fan experience. Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi obviously has a big impact on that. How do you see Wi-Fi 6 and 6E making a difference for the fans? Well, first, making a difference for the fans, first of all, for the arena Wi-Fi experience in general, it's, um, it's all about making the venues more efficient. So first of all, can the Wi-Fi ticketing systems and concessions experiences uh, less frictionless, right? So to make that, you know. More frictionless. Yeah, 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 exactly. So more frictionless. And so that they can get through the concessions and ticketing fast and easy and be a good experience. And and that helps the stadium sell more And it helps the, the stadium sell more. It also, they can use the Wi-Fi to analyze traffic flows of people as they move through okay. the stadium so mm-hmm. they can make that more efficient. But a big part is also 
the fan engagement, using the Wi-Fi for up-to-minute statistics. So the fans okay. use these apps that they uh, might be able to use to get statistics about players. They also use video replays for streaming as well. And the good news is that we have seen the engagements with the fans go up significantly. I mentioned the Super Bowl. Over the past nine Super Bowls, the amount of data that is now consumed by one fan at a Super Bowl is about 541 megabytes in the entire game. That's double what it was nine years ago. Really? So we're seeing the engagement go up. Not only that, I'll just use NFL football as an example as well. You actually see them using the Wi-Fi less right before the kickoff and more during the kickoff, which means they're actually using the Wi-Fi to engage. Yeah, real time. Everything's real time now. Okay, what about everybody else in a stadium that needs Wi-Fi? The staff, the teams, all these other stakeholders. How is Wi-Fi 6 helping them? So one thing I failed to mention in your earlier question is a big part of Wi-Fi 6 and 7 is that it's the 6 gigahertz band is going to open up uh, more channels. Yeah. And opening up those more channels is part of the problem is there's just X amount of channels available in 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. And you get channel reuse issues when you have 1,500 APs. So getting more channels available and bandwidth will be not just good, will be excellent for the bowl and for the fans, but it'll also be good, we think, for the back-end systems as well. Because now maybe we can have a dedicated channel simply for the concessions or maybe a dedicated channel that is not being used by the fans in the uh, bowl for the ticketing. And so we don't have to worry about interference from channel reuse issues. This could be using legacy 5 gigahertz channels, maybe pulling those from the bowl plan and using those as dedicated channels, or even better, maybe we could use a dedicated 6 gigahertz channel in the future and the stadiums upgrade their data collection equipment that they use for the barcode scanning and things for at the concessions and at the ticketing booths. For example, okay, so. that sounds great. Are there any new applications that you think stadiums may bring online with this extra bandwidth? Um, yeah, absolutely. So moving forward with 6 gigahertz, starting with 6E, and then all future generations of Wi-Fi, the, the next one being Wi-Fi 7, which is just around the corner, and, and other future generations, they're all going to be dependent on 6 gigahertz. And the bandwidth it provides, as well as the latency enhancements. So a lot of people roll their eyes at me when I say this, but one of the things that we're thinking is definitely VR and AR. I'm not rolling my eyes. It, well, okay, but, you know, some people think of it, when they think of it, they think gaming. You know, they hear Mark Zuckerberg talking about the metaverse, right? So at the end of the day, personally, I believe AR is going to be the, the biggest thing in all enterprises, not just sports venues. But you think heard about, it here first. Yeah, but th think about this. Let's say Apple or Samsung comes out in the near future with some goggles. That, oh, not, I shouldn't even say goggles. Glasses, glasses yeah. that you put on and that you can still see the real world. They may or may not be talking to your smartphone. Eventually, this could even be contact lenses. But... You are now looking and watching the sports game, and you're looking at a player, and that player's you know lifetime batting average is coming up, or statistics are coming up, and you're being able to engage uh, without having to search on your phone. It's just coming there right in front of you. I think that's what we're going to see a lot with in the stadium venues, as well as other enterprises, is the AR technology. Now, VR is an immersive experience, right? And you got to put it on the goggles. So I don't necessarily see people sitting in the stands putting on goggles, but it could be in other 
areas of the stadiums where they have sort of interactive gaming that is being used in combination with the sports environment or even remotely where there's the social aspect about VR. So their stadiums are experimenting with this technology. What if you and I could be at different places and we're not actually in the stadium, but we're watching the game together and we're yeah. sitting or seating sitting next to each other and that's the social aspect that VR could provide and not to mention you could, might be able to get new vantage points from like the player's perspective so th- there's a lot of potential and a lot of the leagues are experimenting with the technology that's interesting and what about legalized sports betting doesn't this extra bandwidth make that more possible well it, it, the bandwidth and more so in the latency enhancements latency. being the real-time sports betting so it's the a lot of the leagues have embraced sports betting now and there's apps for it now and it's kind of like in las vegas where you can bet on anything yeah yeah um, you could use a sports app not just to bet on a game but you can bet on like what's going to happen in the next play or strikes and balls in baseball. And you're going to need real-time, fast, super-fast latency for that. And some of the enhancements that 6 gigahertz and Wi-Fi 6E and 7 bring to us will make that capable. We see a lot of it, a lot of that in the near future as well. It's already started. So I'm at the game, and I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm watching the stats on my AR glasses, and I'm betting on my phone all at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I hope you have money, too, if you're going to be gambling. Uh, me, personally, I like my money. But, yeah, sure, I mean, you're going to be multitasking, right? Um, but th- that's part of the augmented reality, too, is hopefully it, it will, you know, allow you to do more hands-free stuff. I mean, who knows? You might be able to – maybe those sports betting apps will be in the augmented reality classes, and you're blinking your eyes or something. So we'll yeah. see. And we're hearing about apps, too, for the concessions, right? So maybe you don't have to leave your seat anymore. You know, you just do a QR code from your seat and your beer shows up. Yeah, I mean, that's technology is already here, actually. Some of the sports teams in the leagues, they build in the concession ordering right there from your yeah. seat, and then they bring you food or you just go pick it up. Additionally, the stadiums are experimenting with uh, some of the walkout technology that Amazon provides in some of their stores where uh, it's basically cashless and you just walk in and walk out and you grab your stuff, your merchandise and walk out. And so that technology already exists now in in some Amazon stores and they're experimenting with it in stadiums as well. Okay, great. And what about wearables for the players and connecting those to Wi-Fi? Are we starting to see that? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think from a lot of different viewpoints. So the PGA Tour is experimented with putting some sensors on golfers and looking at information about rises in heartbeat or blood pressure. And I don't know if they're going to necessarily share that with the public, you know, because then you guys start getting into the data privacy issues, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, or, you know, I mean, we could go down a lot of roads with that. But, you know, also cameras on players and football players and baseball players or any kind of sports. But they're experimenting with that wearable technology on how it might be able to deliver some content to the fans. But it also is delivering content to the sidelines and to the managers and the coaches. So I could see where some of the blood pressure and heartbeat uh, information, medical information, might be more important to the team doctor yeah. as opposed to necessarily the fans. And, yeah. and maybe that information wouldn't be shared. Well, you know, because you mix that in with the betting and the fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never even thought of it that way. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get back to extreme networks. Talk to us about some of the type of data that you collect during game days. You were talking at the beginning about data analytics for the NFL Mm -hmm. and all the Super Bowls. So the data, I mean, first of all, we don't actually store, extreme doesn't actually store or collect the data. We assist with our solutions, assist our customers 
grab the data and then analyze it. And it's all anonymized as well. That's very important. But it's all about a detailed understanding of what a fan's doing and how they're using the Wi-Fi for during the game. So it's not just about connectivity. So it's getting a lot of application insights and visibility. So I mentioned earlier, a lot of the teams and venues have developed their own apps. They can see how they're engaging with those apps. Video streaming apps are very popular during the game. Social media is huge. It's absolutely huge how much is used in that. And then you can also, stadiums and teams and uh, leagues can determine what apps are being used other third-party apps are being used and for possible marketing partnerships and business okay. partnerships of the, of the future. And then, of course, we also mentioned the sporting uh, bets apps as well. So, Okay. So really it's uh, a way for the stadiums to monetize a lot of In, in some ways, network. yes. It, it, it's a ways for – monetization is a big part of it, but it's also, once again, I want to go back to what I said earlier. It's about enhancing the fan experience, getting them more engaged and finding ways to present this, the whole sporting environment in a different way right so, so. You, even though it's great to watch it at home with somebody else on vr you want to go to the stadium and watch it there it, right? absolutely they want to do it different than just sitting there eating a hot dog okay so before we finish let's talk a little bit about the actual process i think that there's a lot that goes into deploying wi-fi in an event venue and it, and it differs depending on what type of venue it is right Absolutely. So once again, we have Extreme has a whole team that's 100% focused on stadiums and arenas from the installation process, the design process, the support process, including during a game. We also have partners that are involved with us uh, from that process from day one. Because the high density needs uh, Wi-Fi and arenas, it's complex. It's not easy to do. It's the hardest thing to do. And you just cannot turn on what are called radio resource management protocols and think it's magically going to work. It takes a lot of planning installation and validation and if you can master the art of implementing a stadium wi-fi you can meet that challenge quite frankly in any prize vertical but as to your point not every stadium is the same right there are going to be different sizes different bowls and then i think you might have different you know it's a little bit more predictable in a sporting type environment but what if you have like concerts coming so, you know, in sports, we know what's going to happen like on a day-to-day basis or every Sunday in case of the NFL, but in a promoter comes in for a rock and roll concert, yeah. they might not be aware of the Wi-Fi network at the venue or even care for that matter. Right. So they bring in their truckloads of their own equipment and turn on all kinds of other wireless stuff that might interfere and, quite frankly, as soon as the concert starts, might knock out the Wi-Fi in really? the venue. Wow. Yeah. So um, that's a little bit more of a dynamic environment. So. And so it's always challenging. Okay. All right, great. And are there any particular opportunities that the opening up of the 6 gigahertz spectrum is going to present for you? I think it's about attracting younger audiences, I think, and trying to get them more involved in sports and the fan communities. Um, Once again, create new differentiated ways for them to engage with the sports. Okay, so just the more bandwidth and lower latency. Yeah, I mean, that in general. However, if you don't mind me mentioning, there are some technical aspects and challenges for 6 gigahertz in in stadiums and arenas. So number one, I mentioned that we're going to have more channels available to us. That's a great thing. However, we still don't have spectrum harmonization. Uh, So over here in Europe, 
where we happen to be right now while we're recording this, there's not as much frequency space available as there is in the United States. So we need them to open up to get all those extra channels as well, number one. Number two, some of the challenges is security-based. So you're going to have stronger security in 6 gigahertz, which requires WPA3, which is stronger security. And it is available in the legacy frequency bands of 5 or 2.4, but the the adoption rate's been very slow there because of a lot of legacy clients simply don't support it and you start having connectivity issues. So for the short term right now, we're recommending that you're actually going to be using different SSIDs and different connectivity as security in 6 gigahertz than you would at the legacy bands. And that also kind of goes back to the earlier conversation that we had that maybe different dedicated channels as well. So that's going to be a challenge in trying to, how do you advertise different SSIDs just to the fan base as well? And then finally, there's the automated frequency coordination. So there's different power rules for 6 gigahertz. Uh, There's one for indoors and there's another one called standard power for outdoors. And for standard power, which has not been fully fleshed out yet, it requires something called automated frequency coordination where an AP checks in with his GPS coordinates to a provider to make sure that it is not interfering with any existing incumbents that are transmitting in 6 gigahertz, mainly fixed satellite services. It's proactive, um, and it's done during installation and then once a day. This still has to be fleshed out, and you definitely have to do that for outdoors, which is fine, and we think start doing this uh, extreme announced our uh, first uh, Wi-Fi 6E outdoor AP, the 5050. Mm-hmm which has a 6 gigahertz radio that will be able to activate once those AFC rules and outdoor regulations are in place. Uh, We're hoping second quarter of 2023. That being said, what about the indoor stadiums? We're going to have to do that for the outdoor stadiums. You know what? We're going to have to do the same thing for the indoor, and here's why. These under-the-seat APs, they have weatherized enclosure units, and indoor APs cannot. Those are the rules. So we're going to have to use actually the... APs that are used for outdoor deployments for indoor as well. And the whole reason is power washing at stadiums. So they, after the game, they have to clean the stadium. So you need to be able to protect uh, the electrical circuitry, right? So th- there's going to be some challenges with that. And we're, you know, we're going to be fleshing that out in the next couple of years to come. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it's good that you thought ahead about that. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, David Coleman from the Office of the CTO at Extreme Networks. Thank you so much for being here on The Signal. This has been great. Oh, it was a pleasure being here, and I hope you'll have me back. You know we will. Okay. (laughs) And that is our show. As always, you can check the show notes for resources that we discussed today. And for all things Wi-Fi, visit y-fi.org. That's wifi.org, the Wi-Fi Alliance. You can also find links there to past episodes of this podcast. I'm Martha DeGrasse. This has been The Signal. Please join us next time.